Hello and welcome to the Good Robot Andy's Season 8, Episode 8. My name is Andy Bailey and I'm joined by Andy Cockerell. And the film that we're going to talk about this evening is... Saint Maud. Saint Maud. I know nothing about Saint Maud. Okay. Um, but it sounds to me like a um, school... Like a hijinks at a boarding school film... Uh, starring, um, I want to say Emma Thompson. Okay. <laughs> what hijinks at a boarding school with Emma Thompson playing yeah. a teacher, presumably? Yeah, playing a teacher. Yeah, not playing a student. Um, yeah, okay. It's not that. It's not that. Okay. It's not that. So, listener, before we start, um, uh, a slight trigger warning for you: the this film uh, deals with issues of mental health and it will be talking a little bit about suicide um we'll let you know when we're going to start talking about that stuff so you can turn us off before that we're going to talk about the oscars which as far as we know isn't going to contain any disturbing material of any, <laughs> any type as far as i don't know so um yes the um the oscar nominations were released today Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now, normally, I don't think I, we probably wouldn't talk about that because they're they're just kind of humdrum and like not mm-hmm. very interesting. But actually, mm-hmm. today's is very interesting because there are mm-hmm. several women um, nominated for big awards. Right. Several women of color and people of color have also been nominated for awards, right, right, right. which is a big deal. And I'm not really right. sure. Um, whether it is because of um, you know 2020 was a pandemic year, actually we're still in pandemic now, um, or whether it is because the um, the academy put in some changes about four years ago mm-hmm. uh, to add so I- more women, more young, more young people, more women, more young women mm-hmm. um, to the academy mm-hmm. um, because they were they were quite rightly being accused of just handing out awards to very worthy films directed by white men. And so the yeah. the, pan- the pandemic thing, I've heard people say this before, so why would that affect it, do you think, or well, affect it in this way? Okay, so I think it affects it because there are fewer movies um, that have been completed. So the field is smaller, and and those movies are, uh, because they're, they're smaller films, they can get in under the radar. And I, th- I think some of the movies that have been nominated this year wouldn't normally get nominated. Right, so, so I, the kind I, of big, the huge blockbuster things have kind of been cleared out of the way for yes. for a year. So, right, okay, that makes yes. Sense. I mean, I think that I think that Oscars, the the Academy tends not to give awards to huge blockbusters, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, uh, I think there's a couple of things in here that are kind of quite indie type films that you would mm-hmm. expect to do well at the Indi- Independent Spirit Awards, but maybe mm-hmm. not so well with the Academy. So maybe not the huge like massive dollar blockbusters but the kind of usual suspects that are... yes and there and right. there are a couple of those in here but mm-hmm. let, let's take a look at it so i was looking at the um what's of interest is that in the best picture section we've got some stuff that's like you stuff you would expect to see in there so we've got the father which is um you know a very worthy film about I say worthy. I don't mean that in a withering way. Um, <laughs> no, right, you've done uh, enough to put me off. Okay, uh, which is a film about um, someone suffering from dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, then we've got the very interesting a film that I haven't seen yet called Judas and the Black Messiah, uh-huh. which is about a um, 
a guy who goes undercover with the Black Panthers in the 1970s. That looks really interesting. Right. Uh, we've got Mank, which I expected to be in there. That is um, David Fincher's movie written by his dad, Jack Fincher, which is all about uh, the making of Citizen Kane. Okay, and that's the, the one that I heard had the most nominations today, yes, I think. Yes, it does. Right? Yeah? That has, okay. And that's not really a surprise because okay. Hollywood loves movies about movie making. Right, right, right. Um, so it's not really a surprise that that's got lots of, um, of nominations. Uh, but then, interestingly, we've got Minari, which is um, an Asian film, mm-hmm. or at least uh, a film with an Asian-American cast. So that's an interesting mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, a film that isn't Crazy Rich Asians. Um, we got Nomadland, which I'm not actually that surprised is in there. That's Frances McDormand starring. She's one of the producers of that as well. So that's. Uh, but then what is interesting, we got Promising Young Woman is in there. And then the one really left field one is a movie called Sound of Metal, okay. which stars uh, Riz oh, Ahmed as a heavy metal drummer who's losing his hearing. Okay. And that's one that I just. That's what I'm talking about, pandemic year. If it right. wasn't the year that we've had, I don't think that would even be in there. Right, right, right. That's right, my right. that's my that's my feeling on it anyway. It just wouldn't even be in there. And finally maybe, oh, go uh finally we got the trial of the Chicago Seven, which I again I'm not that surprised about. It's a very a very good movie. Mm-hmm. Um but it's you know, it's a straightforward um courtroom drama. Oscar winner style. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Written and directed by Aaron... Oh. Oh, man. West Wing guy. I've forgotten his name. That's ridiculous. I'm sure Uh, I'll find it. Is it Schwartz? No. Oh, man. Uh, The West Wing. I can hear listeners saying the surname (laughs) right now. Aaron Sorkin. Sorkin, Sorkin. yeah. Yeah, that's him. Um, sorry, you were going to say something there. Yeah, so I was going to say, do you think the age of uh, social media and things going a bit viral has finally reached the Oscar judging? You know, like like something like the the heavy metal drummer thing. Could it be yep. that, you know, like word got around in a way that it does in the modern social media world? Yes, yes, I think so. It didn't I, used I, to happen. I think that's definitely a factor. I think the, you know, the decision by the Academy to try and modernise their voting pool of people means that you have more younger people in there who use social media so yes i think that that is definitely a factor yeah what will be interesting then is to look at what happens in future years and whether because the other thing is the oscars were so heavily criticized yeah um it could be that people are just reacting to that and that they'll swing back to it's possible yeah it's possible the other thing is is that audiences are declining Right. So year on year, the the ceremony um, televised audiences are just people just aren't interested. Right, right, right. So they need um, to do something. They need to do something, yeah. Um, and I think that's a good thing. I think that it gets movies like Sound of Metal mm-hmm. um, a bigger audience, and it is supposed to be a terrific film. Right. Um, but the interesting stuff is actor in a leading role. We got Riz Ahmed who's up for Sound of Metal. Now, he's a British-Asian mm-hmm. actor who's done quite a lot of stuff in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's up for that. Again, that's not one I would have expected to have seen here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I'm not that surprised about is Chadwick Boseman, who's nominated for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is a jazz uh, movie. Now, he sadly died uh, last year. He had um, 
uh, bowel cancer or something horrendous. Um, nobody knew about it except for his very close family. And then, you know, the news was just so shocking. Mm. Uh, so that's a posthumous. That's a posthumous one. I kind of see him winning that. Um, right. If we're going to talk about who I think is going to win, I think that he probably will win that. Um, right. But and then we've got um, Anthony Hopkins for the father. Oh, sorry, Sir Anthony Hopkins for the father. <laughs> uh, Gary Oldman for Mank, and a really interesting one here: Stephen Yun from The Walking Dead, who was Glenn in The Walking ah, Dead. Yeah, it's great. Um, so he's in Minari. So he's one of the uh, actors in the uh, Asian American movie. Right, uh, so yeah. he's up for an Academy Award for a leading role. Wow. So I think you can see where I'm going for, for, for the whole pandemic mm. year thing. It's like people... Yeah. Um, actress in the leading role, we've got Viola Davis, um, who's an African-American actress, a yeah, real amazing actress. Uh, Andrew Day, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Right, right, right. Uh, she plays Ma Rainey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Andra Day, who plays Billie Holiday in the movie United States versus Billie Holiday. That's supposed to be a very good film right uh and then we got uh vanessa kirby pieces of a woman francis mcdormand for no man land and kerry mulligan for promising young woman so i'd say the last three with the exception of vanessa kirby um the last two are people that you would probably expect to see in a, in any given year really right have um, we have we yeah. talked about nomad land i feel like no i, I don't think we have no i feel like i heard something about it but i know nothing it's uh, yeah, it's a movie about the failure of the American dream. Uh, that's cool. what I've heard. Uh, so it's people in in RVs driving around from place to place like nomads, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, supposed to be very very good. Um, interesting stuff in actor in a supporting role. So we got Sasha Baron Cohen is up for an Oscar, right? In the trial of the, of the Chicago Seven, in which he plays Abby Hoffman, who was a uh, a Jewish American activist mm-hmm. during the sixties and seventies. Daniel Kaluuya is up for uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, mm-hmm. so he's a black British actor. Mm-hmm. Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, which is a terrific film. Uh, so he plays Sam Cook. Interesting. The first three are all playing real people, right? I- yeah, which is interesting. I mean, in that fact, is fairly Oscar fair, right? You know, yes, like, yes, it is. Yeah, so yeah, kind of biopics bio or pick, yeah. somebody playing somebody who, who you know existed in real life. Uh, Paul Ratchy or Ratchy for Sound of Metal, and finally Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. So two nominations for one movie and for right. a supporting role. Unusual, right. not unheard of, but it is unusual to have right. that. Uh, so of that list, uh, you've got one, two, three of those guys that I know of are are um, either Black British or African American. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool for yeah. actor in a supporting so role. I mean, that's a completely different picture from even last year, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you would struggle, I think, normally to find even one person of colour in either acting or supporting um, nominations, but now mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's heavily skewed the other way, which I think is great. Right. Um, we've got actress in a supporting role. Uh, we've got Maria Bakalova for Borat's subsequent subsequent movie film. 
she's terrific. She plays Borat's Sorry, daughter. The, the Borat film. Yes, there was a there was a sequel that came out Oscar. last year. Yes, it's getting an Oscar nomination. nomination. What? Yes, I know. That's how far down the rabbit hole we are. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Glenn Close for Hilly, Hillbilly Elegy, which I'm surprised at. I love Glenn Close. I do love I love Glenn Close as well, actually. I think she's terrific. But I am surprised that that's even got a nomination. Right. Olivia Coleman for The Father. She's up for another another one. She won, uh, was it last year? or uh, No, it was last year for The Favourite, which is terrific. She is also fantastic. Yeah. Amanda Seyfried. I'm not sure I could be bothered Mank. to watch her in like a worthy film. I like her right, when she's right. being funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and another um, Asian American actress for Minari. We've got. I'm probably going to mangle this name now, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Yu Jung Yoon, who is mm-hmm. up for actress in a supporting role, mm-hmm. and then for directing, we have another round. Um, which is Thomas Vinterberg, Mank, David Fincher. I think he's probably going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minari is uh, Lee Isaac Chung. Nomadland is Chloe Zhao. And Promising Young Woman is Emerald Fennell. Now, what's cool about that is we've got three women in the directing list. Right. And only, and only that two must men. be a first, right? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Right. Actually, it might be two. It might be two. I'll have to look that up in a moment. So um, I won't go into any, any of the others, but um, those are the big ones. And there's some really interesting stuff there. Mm. I'm just going to find out if Lee Isaac Chung is a man or a woman. And I'm very sorry. Is a man. Okay, so it's uh, it's not three. It's uh, But two women. Two women and three men. Yeah. And, and I've never known that before. Mm-hmm. It's a first, I think. Well, I look forward to hearing back from you when you've seen a few more of these. Yes, definitely. Which ones are the the pick of the? Well, Mank is on Netflix, so I'm I'm looking forward to watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- yeah, I've seen Borat's subsequent movie film because it was mm-hmm. on it, it released straight to Amazon. Um, it's I think it's slightly better than the first Borat movie, which I think is very patchy. Mm, I I didn't bother watching it because it seems like why on earth would I? I think the problem with Borat is is that it worked really well on the 11 o'clock show as a 10-minute skit every yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, it's just so... Yeah. Um, how, did it works, it, how does it end up nominated for an Oscar? I just don't understand it. It well, makes me curious, really. Well, her, so her performance is really terrific. It's fearless, right, okay, her performance. Okay. Um, she does stuff that you just think, okay... That's just incredible. Because, you know... (laughs) I'm getting curious. Well, because, you know, because Borat is all done... It's gonzo filmmaking, so it's all done for real. Mm -hmm. Um, The people who are appearing in it who are not scripted don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Although there there is one scene in Borat where he did forewarn people what he was going to do. Oh, really? Because it's so out of order. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean the, the scene with um, with Rudy Giuliani in Borat's subsequent movie film is incredible. Okay. okay. Although uh, subsequent to that, when when there was the Giuliani thing <clears throat> with his hair melting off his head, and the press conference they did that was sandwiched between a sex shop and some other establishment. 
Shasha Baron Cohen said, I don't actually feel that proud that I managed to put one over on him now. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which I thought was a cool thing to say. Um, so yeah, the the ceremony is later this year, so it's not. Okay. I, don't, I don't think it's happening until April. Right. Um, I guess are they hoping they'll be able to have people there, or uh, I think they are hoping. Yeah. Seems uh, unlikely though, doesn't it? I mean, I think it does seem very unlikely. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's happening in April. I don't know if anybody's hosting this year. Last year they didn't even have a host. Really? No. So they just had people presenting awards. Right. right I see. I see. Yeah. Um, but I, I like a host, you know. It's uh, it's cool. Oh, it's so, so stressful. They, <clears throat> I I can't watch things like that because, like, best case scenario, they you know they say they make jokes that make everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, yeah, worst know. case scenario, it's like you know someone falls over or yeah. I, I just no. Ugh. Yeah. Too stressful. Well, there's a um. There's the movie A Star Is Born with um, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. um, where you know the the movie is all about his 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 star is starting to to, to decline, mm-hmm. and she's on the way up, mm-hmm. and he kind of take takes her under his wing and sort mm-hmm. of helps her out. But there's a scene in that when she is accepting a award, and he he steps up to the stage as well, but he's completely drunk mm-hmm. and he then wets himself on the stage and it's just you just want to crawl into a hole <laughs> and it's very well played you know it's like okay your life is definitely on a downturn now I can see that kind of thing yeah oh, there sounds, we go uh, yeah sounds yeah. awful yeah 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 no it's a good movie Star is Born I highly recommend it mm. even if you don't think it's the kind of thing you would watch and I think it's probably not the kind of thing that you think you as Andy mm-hmm. Balaam would watch, mm-hmm. I still think that you would enjoy it. I am. It's, him. it's very well oh, played. Thanks. thanks. Yeah. I mean, I like Lady Gaga. Yeah, she's cool. She's a very cool person. I yeah. wouldn't listen to her music. But you I like only her as to a music person from the 1980s or the 1990s, maybe. Yeah, probably. New probably new more, metal. More than 1990s, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I also listen to music that sounds like it was made in the 1990s. Right. Yes. What well, new metal? Or yeah. rock, rock, rap, <laughs> rap, rock. Do you remember when? Um, oh, I've forgotten their name. Who were the metal band that, that did a collaboration with? Hit, oh, um, Anthrax. Anthrax. Yeah, everyone was Public Enemy. Yeah. Yeah, they did a version of Bring the Noise. It's yeah. it's okay. Yeah, sorry. It's, it's not as good as the original, but it's okay. But yeah, it was scandalous, wasn't it? Was it? Scandal. it was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Have you? Um, and then I thought, well, have you never heard of Faith No More? Or, you know, you never heard of, like, metal that's not really metal. It's sort of a synergy of metal and other things. Mm. Well, I remember really vividly, I was in a classroom at school with my friend. Yeah. Talking about this this band or this musician who were, who were making this music that was a bit metal. But we were worried because it was a bit what we called techno. Oh, Okay. Uh, but basically, it was electronic music, and but it was like metal that was made with electronic, or kind of industrial. And uh, I remember saying, you know, isn't it a bit techno? <laughs> I remember my friend turning to me really sincerely and saying, "If this is techno, then I like techno." Nice. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, well, that's quite that profound, is isn't mind it?" Mind blowing. That's quite profound. 
And, and who uh, was that? that? Was that, that Trent Reznor? That was Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails, one of nice. my all-time favourite musicians. But it took it took a mental leap for me to accept genre stretching to that extent. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was very. Well, that band was very groundbreaking. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Although his really early stuff's a bit whiny. Right. Yeah. I'm not really familiar with their stuff at all. Right, right, right. I should probably get into it, actually. But I was too busy listening to The Cure today. Music from the <laughs> 1980s. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's allowable. That's allowable. <laughs> it's doable. You'll allow it. <laughs> Shall we crack on with the film? Shall yeah, we have let's another, do it, let's do it. another trigger warning before <laughs> yeah, we yeah, um, yeah. begin? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Come um, on, then. You do it. You explain, I'll do the trigger you know. warning. Okay, so, folks. Um, uh, the movie we're talking about is called Saint Maud, uh, and it does contain um, talk of uh, mental health issues. Um, more, I think, more importantly, or as importantly, we'll be talking briefly about suicide. So, if those things are troubling to you, um, which they might be, then uh, I say skip it. Uh, and actually, we can probably put in the um, in the in the notes for the podcast. We can put at what point you can skip forward to so you can hear us rambling at the end. Yeah, because you do not want to miss <laughs> that bit at the, the end, rambling at the end where we don't really talk about anything and it kind of fizzles out. But and people might at some like point that. we stop. Our listener yeah. might like that. Yeah, well, thanks for um, making that piece of work for me, Andy. Okay, that's no problem at all. I'm, I'm here to help. <laughs> here to help. Yeah. So, St. Maud. <laughs> um, so, St. Maud is a 2019... British psychological horror film. We're back on horror again, folks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, written and directed by Rose Glass in her feature directorial debut. Do we know her from anything else? No, I don't. No. Right, um, right, right. So the story follows hospice nurse Maud, portrayed by Morphid Clark, a recent convert to Roman Catholicism, who becomes mm -hmm. obsessed with a former dancer in her care played by Jennifer L., uh, believing she must save her soul. Right. It's right. a very simple setup. Um, and it had its world premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival, or TIFF, as it's known, <laughs> on the 8th of September 2019. was released in the UK on the 9th of October 2020 by Studio right. Canal UK. So yeah, a long time there. Right, right. Um, the I mean, film I guess received pandemic. For pandemic uh, yes, reasons. I think definitely pandemic reasons, yeah. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. The film received critical acclaim who praised the direction, atmosphere, performances and score. So this is a bit of a treat, I think. Really? Yeah, it's a bit good. So, we... Um, uh, the opening of the film is we see uh, Maud, although she's actually known as Katie at this time, who fails to save the life of a patient in her care okay. despite attempting CPR. And we see this all through flashback. Um, it's a very brief scene, but it's it seems troubling and it seems like she's really damaged by it. Right, right. right. Mentally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so time passes and Katie, now referring to herself as Maud, has become a devout Roman Catholic mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and is working a, as a private palliative care nurse in an unnamed English seaside town. 
For people mm. who don't know, palliative care means that it's end-of-life care, basically. Right, it's right, people right. who have uh, terminal diseases, so she's there to help them help them with their quality of life, really. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the, unnamed, the unnamed English seaside town is an interesting one because uh-huh. it's kind of a background character all of its own. Right. And I couldn't figure out where it was shot. I mean, in fact, maybe this will tell me where it was shot, but I, I just couldn't picture right. it. But it seems quite grim and seedy and nasty, wherever right. it is. Right. Uh, apologies to um, people who live in <laughs> wherever it is. <clears throat> I'm sure that's how they shot it. I'm sure that's how they shot it, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, so she is assigned to care for Amanda, played by Jennifer L., who is a dancer and a choreographer from the United States who is terminally ill with stage four lymphoma, so she has some um, leukemia, mm-hmm. and is confined to a wheelchair. So Amanda is embittered by her fate and confesses to Maud that she fears she fears the oblivion of death. Mm-hmm. And Maud comes to believe that God has tasked her with saving the atheist Amanda's soul. Right. That is the plot, basically. So Maud becomes increasingly, um, I don't know, strident in her belief that she has to save her. Right. And uh, so Amanda has a friend, a younger friend who comes to the house who may or may not be exploiting her, but she may also just be there to kind of distract her from the fact that she's dying of leukemia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Maud doesn't like this person and takes okay. her aside. Um, this, uh, this person's called Carol. She takes her aside and says, you need to stop visiting because I think that Amanda's soul is in mortal jeopardy. You know, she's, um, I- I'm the person who should be looking after her kind of thing. Right. Carol, this doesn't sound very healthy, Maud. No, it's definitely not healthy, Maud. No. Um, so Carol feigns agreement, but she later comes to Amanda's massive birthday party, mm-hmm. um, and in and in in front of Maud, Amanda informs the party goers that Maud tried to drive Carol away, <clears throat> and mocks the young nurse for trying to save her soul. Mm-hmm. So things aren't oh, going well. Oh, I hadn't well. really pictured that. that, that, that so Maud is y- quite young. Yes, yes. Amanda is older. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, so Maud strikes Amanda and is subsequently di- dismissed. Um, so... Yeah, it doesn't sound... Yeah. Things aren't going well for Maud. Yeah. Um, she's kind of unravelling before, before mm. our eyes. Mm. She believes that God has rejected her. She goes to a pub to find companionship. She goes home with a man and... Uh, when she's with him, she suffers flashbacks to the death of her patient during right. CPR. Um, and then everything just goes horribly wrong with that hookup. It's, yeah, it's pretty grim. It's pretty grim. Um, but while she's out walking one day, she encounters Amanda's new nurse and interrogates okay. her for information. And then she murders her. And no, okay. She interrogates her before, before storming off. And she realises that her replacement enjoys a good relationship with Amanda. Right. Um, Maud then begs for a sign from God, who appears to converse with her and tells her to be ready for an act that will demonstrate her faith. Um, okay. So, so at, at this time, so Maud is experiencing strange... Uh, we see... Um, from our point of view, not really from Maud's point of view, but we see strange things happening. 
So there are times when we see her sitting down and then kind of throwing her head back and her jaw kind of stretching open. It seems to stretch open way more than it should and then it kind of cuts to another scene. Oh, wow. There's very troubling stuff going on um, that we're not sure if it's the filmmakers messing with us or if it's actually happening, if Maud right. is actually experiencing this. A bit Jacob's Ladder. It's a bit Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, that's that's a good point, actually. It has that kind of pervasive sense of, un, you know, you're not really sure whether this is a dream or some kind of druggy nightmare or if it's actually real. It's so uneasy, isn't it? If Even something as simple as the... Um the bit in the Matrix where his mouth covers over. Exactly, yeah. It, it, if the filmmakers let you in on the fact that they they could do anything, they could do something like that, that to you at any time, it's yeah. very, very uneasy. Yeah, it really is. Um, so then Maud, she, she also has what appears to be stigmata on her hands. Uh-huh. She's kind of picking at bits of stuff on her hands. You know, it's really mm-hmm. like... If you don't like that kind of thing, you'll be kind of wincing and <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> not looking at it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so then... I'd forgotten this is a horror film. Oh, it is very much I a horror film. I was thinking it was like a drama. Well, okay. yeah, so it is a horror film, uh, but it play it plays out like a very heightened melodrama right, in a, right, in right, a way. Right. This yeah. sounds like almost perfect for me. Well, okay. So um, she then interprets a rolling cloud formation as a sign from God uh, and then blesses her friend Joy, who's come to visit her, who then leaves for work. So this person, Joy, is a, is a person that, that Maud used to work with years ago. Oh, actually, at the hospital where she lost the patient. Right. Um, so she knows her, but Joy knows her as Katie. She doesn't right, realise right. she's changed her name. Um, But that night, she waits outside Amanda's house and enters after the care nurse leaves. Mm -hmm. She finds Amanda in bed extremely weak. Amanda asks forgiveness for mocking her faith. Mm -hmm. And Maud joyously reminds her of the time they experienced God's presence. Mm -hmm. Um, And now, again, there's one of these moments here where something weird happens with Amanda, but we're not sure whether it's actually happening mm-hmm. or whether Maud is imagining it. I'm feeling very worried for what Maud okay. is going to do. So you should be worried. Yeah. <laughs> so Maud, Maud viciously stabs Amanda to death. Oh, Maud. It's really, it's really unpleasant. And right. you know that, you know that she's basically gone over the, yeah. Yeah. It's gone too far now. Right. Um, so the next morning, um, she is briefly seen with luminous angel wings. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Who is? W- uh, Maud. Maud. Okay. Okay. She wanders onto a beach, and it's at this this point where we're going to talk about the the suicide stuff. So if people are still listening, I'm going to talk about it now. Um, she wanders onto a beach and douses herself with acetone before horrified onlookers. This is incredibly well played because mm. she does this. What's acetone? Acetone. I don't know actually. Look at that. Is it some, it, presumably, it's some acetone, something abrasive, or, or propanone, an organic compound, ketone, as colourless and highly volatile flammable. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't know where she got it from, um, but yeah, it's inc- incredibly volatile. 
So as she's dousing herself, we the, the focus is very tightly on her on this beach. Mm-hmm. And we see onlookers behind her mm-hmm. out of focus. And we hear their dialogue, which is somebody stop her. Mm-hmm. Oh my, you know, oh my God, somebody stop her from doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what she sees is them kneeling down in front of her and praying. Right, right, right. And then she utters her last words in Welsh, glory to God, as she self-immolates. Mm-hmm. Um, and in her last moments, the onlookers kneel in awe as she looks up at the sky uh, with her angel's wings and the sort of sun coming down on her. And then the final shot, which lasts probably no more than five seconds, is her burning and screaming in agony. And then it then it cuts to black. Um, this is quite something, St. Maud. Wow. Quite something. Now it's reminding me of Calvary. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Calvary's a good I mean, movie. Only because it's, like, religious and highly intense. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there's oh, definitely wow. there is definitely a dotted line here to what was the movie you mentioned that um, Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, there's definitely a dotted line to that. This isn't as okay. stylish as Jacob's Ladder, mm-hmm. um, but it but in terms of like you're not sure what where the line of reality is. This film just plays with you so well. Um, and what about the Wicker Man? Um, I think Wicker Man's probably a little bit more. Yeah, she does Wicker Man herself. Yes, and and that final scene, and and the thing is, I heard them talking about this on Kermode and Mayo, right? In which they said, and that final scene, and they said, oh yeah, that final scene. I was thinking, okay, what are they talking about? That final scene. Now I've seen the movie. You get it. That final scene now plays out in my head, just randomly. Um, right. on you any given trauma. day it's like oh there it is it's popped into my head uh, <laughs> yeah because okay. it's so powerful right. it's so so powerful uh, wow. it's really impressive as a as a directorial debut um, it looks like somebody who's been directing for years and years and putting this right. stuff together it's incredibly accomplished right. really really right. good so here's the question. Yes. Is it, is it, surely, with all of those themes in it, it's trying to say something, not just tell a, a story. Is it trying to say something? I think it is trying to say something. Uh-huh. Yeah. What do you think it's trying to say? So I think it's trying to say that, I, I think that it's trying to say that there's a, there is a fine line between someone believing that that they are righteous and uh, that they're sort of, they have a direct line to God and that d- God has a direct line to them or some kind of deity, you know, uh, has a direct line to them. There's a fine line between believing that and then acting upon the things that you think that you're hearing. So you think it's trying to say God is not telling you to viciously stab someone to I think that that's a fair point, yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think that's a fair but Maud in you know seeking to atone for stuff that's happened before has basically gone down the most mm. rabbity of rabbit holes mm. um and is i think even before she starts working at the at this house she's already down that path um 
which is really interesting. It, yeah, mm. it, it is a study of someone with very profound mental health issues mm. um, and what happens to the, the people around her. Mm. And it's very, it, it's very credible in that respect. Early, early on while you were describing it, I was really yes. wanting her to get better and thinking, thinking that there was some chance. But then, but now you've described it. It's like okay, that that was obviously that was what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, that that story could have played out as well. I think that mm-hmm. <clears throat> that maybe she could have not done what she did, and you know maybe helped her patient to to have some peace as she was dying. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's not what she wanted, really. We've been talking in my other podcast a fair bit about, yes. um, uh, like uh, the obsession with like um, trying to get someone into this kind of heaven place. Yes. To the point of not caring about the person now. Yeah. And and trying to trying to kind of talk or understand ourselves that it's. M- I think, like the real like work of of sort of bringing heaven into the world is is more about the being nice to someone than to sort of trying to convince them of an abstract idea. Yes. Thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, 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 if I subscribe to any kind of religious idea, it's that the idea of Buddhism is that everything's here and now. Right. Right. And that. Um, there is no, I mean, the whole, the whole thing about reincarnation is that was kind of tacked on later, but you know, Buddha's whole message was, this is your life right now. And you make of this what you will, because there won't be another one. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, which I, which I think is for me personally is absolutely bang on. Mm. Really? Yeah. It's interesting because, um, I don't think it was the only thing Jesus said, but Jesus did say a load of stuff about how it's right now. And yeah, um, like his big thing was uh, the kingdom of God is here. Yes, like exactly. Not, not, yeah. not going to be. But yeah. 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 Um, but Rose, sorry, not Rose, Maud is, is obviously buying, buying into the whole thing about there's something better on the other side. And um, kind of no, having, therefore, not valuing this yeah. person in front of her at exactly. all. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the weird thing that happens to her patient, her former patient, is she kind of starts to do a kind of Reagan and the Exorcist kind of thing. She starts talking in a very scratchy voice and being very threatening. Who Amanda which, does? Pardon? Yes, Amanda, Amanda does. does. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. And you just don't know whether it's real or not. You don't or... know if it's real or not. No. Oh man. No. It's so weird. It's so shocking when it happens, mm. because mm. because all of the the VFX and the tone of it is so subtle, mm. like the things where Maud's jaw does the funny thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're not really sure if it's real or not. And even at the end, where Amanda does this thing, you're so bought. You're, you've bought into the fact that that maybe this is real. Mm. Um, but then, of course, the very end of the film, you know that it's not real. Mm, mm. 
It's really good, Saint Maud. I think it's um, one of the best horror movies I've seen for a long time. And I know we've talked about a lot of horror movies on this on this mm. podcast, and I and I do talk about things. I think it's probably the best one I've seen since The Babadook. Um, it yeah. sounds. I mean, it sounds like if I could summon up the courage. Yes. It sounds like I would find it profoundly moving. Yeah, it's very powerful. I mean, it left me numb. Mm. At the end, I just like um. What have I just watched? Um. The other good thing is it's short, eighty nine minutes, eighty three right. minutes, eighty three minutes. Right. So it can leave you traumatized pretty, pretty quickly, pretty, <laughs> pretty quickly. Um. So do you want some um, reception? Do you want some? Uh... Go on then. Okay, so um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it says a brilliantly unsettling blend of body horror and psychological thriller. It marks an impressive debut for writer-director Rose Glass. Um, Director Danny Boyle describes St. Maud as a genuinely unsettling and intriguing film, striking, affecting, and mordantly funny at times. Its confidence evokes the ecstasy of films like Carrie, The Exorcist, and Jonathan Glazer's Under the Skin, all movies that we've talked about on this podcast. Yeah, I don't like Carrie. I know. I like the others. But, I, but I actually, Under the Skin. Um, it's interesting that he mentioned Under the Skin because there is definitely, not an influence, but they are definitely very unsettling movies. Right, right, I see. I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think there's much of The Exorcist in this, apart from like the body, the body horror stuff and the religious mm-hmm. overtones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Under the Skin is definitely a touchstone. Yeah. Right. Um, film critic Mark Comode listed it as his favourite film of 2020, calling it an electrifying debut. Wow. Yeah, it really I is. I mean, he likes his religious stuff as well. So he likes his horror. A lot of buttons for him. Yeah, yeah, for him, yeah. It's hitting the religion and the horror. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right yeah. Right on the nose. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so if you can handle this kind of thing, it's really worth It really is worth it. It's, it's such a rewarding. You know, if you want a film that's going to push you and challenge you, this is that film. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely convinced. Like, cool. I, some, quite often, I leave this podcast thinking, "Oh, I should probably watch that." But yeah, this time, I think, like I say, if I'm feeling brave enough, I would really like to watch it. I think it's been a while since I've been so enthused about a movie. Right. Um, I mean, I, you know, obviously, I talk about films a lot on this pod. And, mm-hmm. uh, but this, this has really got under my skin. This one, right. yeah. So that is Saint Maud. Saint Maud. Yeah. Well, if I do manage to watch it, I'll report back. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. Cool. Been watching so, anything else? Yes. Uh, so last night, we watched a movie on Amazon Prime called "I Care a Lot." Mm-hmm. Which is not a cover version of "We Care a Lot" uh, <laughs> by Faith No More. Faith No More getting two mentions, two on mentions one on one podcast. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is a movie with um, Rosamund Pike and Peter Dinklage, um, in which Rosamund Pike plays a a professional. Where, where do I know her from? Uh, Gone Girl and many other right. things. Okay, yeah, really, really, the name seems really familiar. But okay. Yeah, she's she's a great, she's a great great performer. Um. Uh, so she plays <clears throat> a professional guardian so in the United States 
there were there were these um like people who can set themselves up as a guardian of someone who's in a care home who doesn't have any dependents. Okay. Or maybe they do have dependents, but those dependents aren't actually doing anything for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but her whole business is finding people who are <clears throat> somewhat vulnerable, mm-hmm. but incredibly loaded financially, mm-hmm. setting herself up as a guardian, and then basically asset stripping their estate. Nice. It's really, gr- it's really grim, but mm-hmm. she finds the wrong person to do this to. Mm-hmm. I won't go into to anything like that. I don't want to spoil it actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, um, it was one of those things where I was, I was saying to my wife as we were watching it, I really hope these people get their comeuppance because at the moment it doesn't seem like mm-hmm. they're going to. Tell me, remind me again what the name was. What's I care, a, I care a lot. I care a lot. Yeah, very good. Watched that last night. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and the and the other night we watched on Netflix a movie called Moxie, which was written and directed by Amy Poehler from right. Parks and Recreation. Parks and Rec. Yeah. That's excellent. So that's oh. a that's about um. Uh, so Amy Poehler plays a mum, a single mum. She's got a daughter who's at high school, and this high school has issues with toxic masculinity and a principal who doesn't really care that much about these things. A female principal. And this... So this, this is written, directed, and starring. Amy yes, Poehler. yeah, she's in it as well, right. yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, so the daughter then finds out that her mum was a bit of an activist during mm-hmm. the 1970s and decides to follow in her footsteps and set up this, uh, this movement called Moxie at her school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Mm. Yeah, very profound. So yeah, we've watched some good stuff lately. Yeah. We've what been watching you? a bit of Community. I love Community. Which is I, I surprisingly funny. Like when I first mm. watched it, I was like, okay, this is light, but I can just about It's definitely light, isn't it? it? Yeah. But I think it, it gets better. So we've just finished the first series and by the end of the first series I was just laughing all the way through it. I just thought it was really yeah. funny. It's fantastic, isn't it? That's available on Channel Four, which for free. Oh, yeah, awful, that's right. Yeah. It is an awful, yeah, exactly. It's also on Netflix. Yes, it is, yeah. Um, yeah, mm. Community's good. I've watched the whole series. I've binged the whole thing because it's quite addictive. Yeah, it is. And each episode's 20 minutes. Yes, it's it's very short. And it was one of those, sh- it was one of those shows that struggled for funding. Right. And after every season, they thought they were going to be cancelled. Right. Um, but... It had such a strong response from fans that they kept going with it. Yeah, a bit like Brooklyn Nine Nine, which has been cancelled right. a couple of times. Oh, has it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's now struggling with the whole. Um, apparently, the police are the bad guys. Well, they they trash their holes, all the scripts for the the final series. They basically trash them and they're yeah. rewriting um, yeah, yeah. for series eight. I think it'll be really interesting to see what comes out of that. Yeah, me I mean, too. I, yeah. I, I don't I don't take this like I like to watch something like West Wing where all the politicians are goodies. I don't mind watching a series where where you know you see the best of people even if it's not realistic. I don't have a, you know. no I don't have a problem with that. I don't really want I mean I mean I I was addicted to um NYPD Blue which was a mm-hmm. groundbreaking uh cop show from the 1990s mm-hmm. 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, David Caruso 
was the lead in that for quite a few years. Then it was Jimmy Smith's, and then I sort of lost interest after that. But the way it was shot, uh, yeah, was wobbly cam, wobbly cam, you would definitely like it. Um, wobbly cam, lots of crash zooms, lots of stuff going pinging mm-hmm. out of focus mm-hmm. and then back into focus again. It was very immediate. It was a really yeah. good show in my PD Blue. Really groundbreaking and influential. Mm. Uh, I don't think it gets enough plaudits actually for how good it was. Right. Um, but I was were they good I was, people. No, because there were okay, there okay. were some good people, but mm-hmm. they did they sometimes did some shady stuff mm-hmm. that maybe they shouldn't mm-hmm. have done, mm-hmm. and um, that's what kept you hooked really. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. so. I don't have a problem with mm-hmm. with that at all. No. Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah, I like, like I said, I like to see the best of people or the idea of what life could be like. Right? It doesn't have to. Yes, be, exactly. You know, we don't have to be enemies. So the, a good example of that is it. Shit's Creek, which we're still enjoying. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's so good. It's like a warm and hug the, of, of a TV series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's always jeopardy, but then it's never that bad. No, <laughs> exactly. The <laughs> so the one uh, we watched one yesterday where Moira was was reported as dead on the internet. Yeah. And then she was shocked. And then she was like, what am I going to wear when the press come here and interview me? Then she takes so long to find something that they leave. They move on to the next big story, which is the fact that a kitten has died. (laughs) A kitten that was the best friend of a giraffe that died when the giraffe stepped on it, which I just think is such a sad story. (laughs) Um, and we've been watching, we've been catching up with Great British Bake Off. We oh. watch that every Sunday evening. And yes. I tell you what, I look forward to it for several days. I I really have been enjoying the latest series of Great British Bake Off. I know this I came the one to that the was last year, very late. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it was, yeah, it was during, during, during um, pandemic. Pandemic yeah. times. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know everyone else liked the Great British Bake Off a long time ago, and I didn't really care, but. We sit down as a whole family mm-hmm. and watch it and and like get stressed because someone's going to drop their cake or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Really enjoy it. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's that's another warm hug of a show. It's just so it's predictable in a good way. You know exactly yeah. what you're getting. Um, <laughs> there might be a bit of drama, but not too much. Yeah. Uh, Paul Hollywood might get a bit snarky, and yeah. <laughs> Prue might say something a little bit dodgy. <laughs> and you got Noel and George Dawes to uh, provide yeah. some quiet relief. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Uh, I did mention on this, actually, the, the great pottery throwdown, which is also worth a look. Yeah, someone else mentioned that. Said yeah. It's really good. So that will be also be on uh, all four. Um, oh, well, that, we can move on to that next. Yeah, that's very good. That's got a man who cries a lot, which I always like to see on TV. <laughs> I'm... Uh, I'm not convinced we'll be able to get the kids to watch that. No, we'll maybe see. not. No, maybe not. Because you can't eat it. Yeah, well, no. that's a very spinal tap thing. Well, <laughs> you know, you can't eat pottery. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That's that very true, yes. Um, yeah. I haven't watched a lot else, though. I, mean, I, had this, I had this conference that I was waffling on about last time, so that went very well. Yes. Um, yes, I, it did go well. Yeah. There were good reviews on Twitter as I was um, I was checking in to see how you were doing. Good, yeah, I, th- I, I think it was all right. It was um, it was weird. It was nice to see people, but not the same as actually seeing people. No, of course not. I think the talks were okay. The talks will go on YouTube. So, like we said, if I get round to it, I'll um, 
I'll put some links to them if people are interested and stuff like that. Excellent, excellent. I look forward to seeing. I did that. do. I did do a lightning talk where I wrote a game. I coded a game in five minutes in That's front amazing. of a live audience. That's very impressive. And they did record it, but I'm not sure they're going to publish it. But right, um, okay. That was exciting. Let me tell you. Eggs eating. It took me about three days to come down from the. <laughs> the <stress>. Wow. <laughs> okay. But it was fun. I did it. You know, I didn't have to do it. I, I, you know, so it's my own choice. That's excellent. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I think that's it. I think that might be it. I don't have anything. I don't even to plug. I don't have any other TV to talk about. No more fortnightly death news. No, no, not this time. No. Um, oh, just to say that we're on Twitter and um, mm-hmm. at Good Robot Andy's. Yes, indeed. Yeah, at Good Robot. We're on Mastodon. Andy's. Yes, at Good Robot Andy's. At GoodRobotAndy's at Mastodon.social. Social. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, check in with us. Follow us. We'll follow you. That's what we do. Is that what we do? We do. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Yeah, tell your friends. Tell your uh, friends. It's it's been a long time, uh, at least in the UK, since life was anything like normal. So chin up. Yes. We'll get through this. Indeed, we will. Oh, actually, there's one right. th- one more thing to say. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Is that the academy didn't recognise uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet in any capacity, right? Which is not. A Are surprise. you upset about that, or happy it's about n- that? it's not a surprise? I'm not upset about. But you it. think it's good, right? So you 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 think they should have? I think they should have done uh, because I think you know the soundtrack. I think the cinematography is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you've got a film that's been directed to within an inch of its life. Yeah, uh, and you know, still no recognition for Chris Nolan. So, um, right. one day, yeah, it was good. One day, it was good. Yeah, I would pick Inception. Yeah, I, I think Inception is a better movie, but I think Tenet has its moments of just jaw-dropping amazingness. Yeah. I want to watch Tenet a few more times before I really know what I think of it. I think that's yeah, that's really the issue it. with Tenet. Really, is that you have to watch it more than once to just right. get your noodle around it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Whereas that's what I like about it. Inception is more is a more immediate piece of work. Yeah, even though it's definitely noodle mangling. Yeah, it is noodle mangling. Yes, most certainly. Yeah, yeah, noodle mangling. That's yeah. what I call it. Yeah, exactly. Or melon mangling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twisting, yeah. twisting, melon twisting, melon twisting. That's it. Yeah, yeah. twisting my melon, yeah. man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. So we promise you, listener that we will all meet up in person as soon as all this is over. Yes, we will. And uh, we'll have a barbecue. Have a barbecue. Uh, We can hug. Yeah. We can um, all have, you know, some shiggles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If holding hands is your thing. I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) No, you have to hold hands. That's one thing. Do you? Unfortunately. I have to put gloves on. I have to put gloves on if I have to do that, though. It's really horrible, but... You have to. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's just what at the Good Robot Andy's barbecue. Everybody holds that's hands. What you have to do. Yeah. You have to hold hands, and then everyone has to say grace. Grace. Yeah. Individually. Grace. One after the other. I just said it. Grace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yes, it's it's beautiful. <laughs> I think that must be it. That is. See you it. next time. Thank you very much. Goodbye.